Podcast markets with Sean Hackett. Sean, how you doing this morning? Really good. We're excited about the first cold front here in South Florida. Man, so. your cold fronts in South Florida and my my summer days are about the same. So I, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about that. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Sean, Sean's with Hackett Financial, and he is based out of Boca Raton, Florida. And Sean, Sean is on here every week, and we talk about a whole myriad of things that having to do with the commodity markets. And this is a this is one of those days where there's no lack of stuff to talk about. So. Sean, I guess the best place for me to start with you here is uh, that milk price, man. That that's one of those things that has uh, been pretty volatile over the past uh, eighteen months, mostly towards the downside. But here of late, there's been a a pretty good jump. I mean, talking two or three dollar jump here in the last uh, sixty days, 30, ninety days, something like that. Um, a lot of that's driven by the uh, the cheese price. But talk about what's going on in uh, New Zealand and how that's affecting the price of milk. Uh, back in September, we had what's called a sudden stratospheric warming event. It's kind of like the events we have in the north, the northern hemisphere with polar vortexes. It's the same mechanism, but it's the first time we've really seen it aggressively take place um, over in Antarctica. And it's because of the sun going quiet, has everything to do with lower solar radiation causing uh, these stratospheric warming events. And what it did was it caused this very... Um, undulating southern jet stream and caused some very, very cold, uh, very inclement weather in um, September and October in New Zealand. Um, and, 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 though, and now we're, we're actually going to be getting accelerating flooding rains in the month of November. And this period from August through December is New Zealand's peak production uh, for milk. It, it, it's where they produce something like 65 to 70% of all their milk is in that window. And and the rest of the world relies on them for exports, especially milk powder to the Chinese and others. Um, and if they come up short throughout history, you know, that sends the milk market higher. And, um, and so they, 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 were, they, were, they started August growing at about 4%. Uh, it's expected they went flat in September. And we believe in October, November, they're going to be going negative. And on GDT auction this Tuesday, which is the every two weeks, New Zealand puts on a milk auction. Milk powder prices went up 6.7% in one auction day. Just a massive spike trade in, in suggesting that this weather problem in New Zealand is, is taking full. We've been warning that this might happen. Um, and so it's, it's setting off and should set off a big spike trade in milk powder prices into the end of the year before we might you know, factor it all in. So it's a wild situation. And um, something we've really not seen before is, is this kind of an event. And, uh, it's part of the sun. You know, we've been talking about this for a long time, but the sun's making weird things happen, and New Zealand is feeling the brunt of that in the southern hemisphere. Right on. Okay, so let's jump over and talk about. Um, I'm going to come back to the sun, though. I got some more questions about that, but I want to hit hit a few other things real quick. <clears throat> so right now, because so Friday is a big Wazir report comes out, got a stock reports coming out. Now, I've been reading some export reports and those kind of things, and. And honestly, what I'm reading is not looking very promising for tomorrow. So talk about what you think about that report might have in store for the markets tomorrow, or is it just a lot to do about nothing? 
Um, historically, the USDA has had a very long, it's taken very long time for them to recognize problems with late developing, late harvesting crops. Um, so we would not expect them to, uh, uh, we would not expect this report to come clean meaning we don't think that they're going to stick their neck out in this report and make some significant adjustments. We just feel they'll adjust the numbers a little bit. Uh, I mean, it probably is going to disappoint any of the bulls that are expecting, you know, something more meaningful in this report. Um, we, their nature, their history is that they, they're very conservative, and we would think the first shot at a more meaningful recalibration of production and harvested acres and yields would be in the January report. We do not think... Uh, the bulls are going to get what they want tomorrow. We think they that the USDA is going to be pretty conservative and not make too many adjustments. Um, and, and so if the market's believing that they're going to, then maybe that sets off you know, one of these short-term spike down prices that we've seen in past USDA reports. So, um, you know, that's kind of what we're thinking is right now, Casey. Okay. So something else that I've been paying attention to and I've been watching, reading a lot of articles here about it of late is the is the is the propane supply chain issue that we're seeing out there, and how that it doesn't really <clears throat> we wouldn't think that have that big of effect on what uh, what's going on, but when it comes to drying down corn in the uh, eastern corn belt, that is a big deal. So I, I guess this is kind of a developing story, and and it's kind of hard to see what happens. But now these co-ops in Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, and places like that are running out of propane. Flat don't have any to, to even take to anybody. So I guess talk about that. Here we are, you know drying down corn and getting it to the elevators so they can sell it and everything else is is a uh, is a big stumbling block right now so talk about how propane is going to have effect on the marketplace well late developing crops mean high moisture content it's right not unusual you're harvesting corn a late 30 percent moisture is not unusual you know and, and and you you know you can't store that you got to dry it down and if you don't have drying down capacity because of a lack of propane you know it's it's a big problem for quality it's a big problem for disease do you, do you not harvest the crop? Do you let it sit out in the field until your co-op says we got a new, <laughs> we got some propane in, or do you let it wait? Do you wait to harvest it next spring? I mean, it's a big problem because you just can't harvest thirty percent uh, moisture corn and, and not dry it down pretty quickly, or else you have all kinds of problems. So it's it's a manifestation not only of a late developing crop, Casey, but it's a manifestation of having a very early start to the winter. We've broken four thousand all-time record low temperatures from the mid-country mid, mid, mid to the west already broke 4,000 all-time record temperature lows to, for the date. Mm -hmm. um, and we had and, and started. So, so you know, the, the market is, is used to, we need a certain amount of supplies normally, and now we're starting to reach this point where we don't have even enough to get through October. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so this is the kind of thing that we've been talking about as we move forward and things get colder, winters are longer, uh, we're just not set up for it. We don't have the infrastructure for it. We don't have the the buying capacity, the, the storage capacity for it. And propane is another one of those things that's going to pop up more and more as a stumbling block to what normally we don't even even talk about uh, yeah. in a normal harvest corn. You right. know? And the craziest thing about the propane deal is it's not a lack of supply. It's just a, it's a supply chain issue. They're just having a hard time getting it where it needs to go quickly and so they can get it. Basically, what I've read is... They get a shipment in and it immediately goes out, and then they they're, they're about as empty, about as fast as they they got refilled. Yeah, there's plenty. There's plenty. Of, the supply is there, no doubt. But 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 
poor planning and 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 we just as you said we don't just don't have the, the infrastructure the supply chain in place to quickly move it to where it's needed because quite frankly we just haven't had many instances where we've needed that much that fast in areas that need it right now in the right. market and the not set up for it so it is a uh, wait until we actually have a short supply right then you have a whole nother thing on yeah. top of it <laughs> supply chain and short supply never really works out for anybody that's for damn sure all right man wow. so let's let's jump back in here we've talked about you know what we see with this report coming out we've talked about the weather down in, uh, in new zealand and how that's um having an effect on dairy prices and you know, here we are talking about another weather related issue you know i.e the, the propane thing that we're seeing now so I read your report here on um, your email reports that you send out, and you were talking about <clears throat> uh, basically a similar spring to what we saw last year. So talk about that a little bit and give some give some backstory to that as well. Well, last year, you know, we forecasted a record uh, wet spring, delayed planting due to the El Nino at a trough in a grand solar cycle minimum. Um, and the research we have done is that now we're moving away from El Nino. We're moving towards La Nina, but we're not in either. We're sort of in, they call it La Nada. And I don't really like that term, but that's what they use, La Nada. La Nada. La Nada. Yeah. For lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, you go through the transition year in a, in a trough period, in a grand solar cycle, it means an early start to the winter, which we've clearly seen. Yeah. Very cold, very snowy, very powerful winter, but it's going to be a short winter this year in this transition year. It's going to, be, it's going to end early. Um, and so what, what we're looking for this year is exactly the opposite of what we saw last year. Mm. Spring's going to start a month early. Planting's going to get off to a record early start. Planting progress is going to get off to a record early pace. The market's going to say, like last year, rain makes grain. Oh, not too much of it. Right. This year it's going to be, oh, early planting makes grain. But the problem is this is a drought year. We're coming into a drought year. We're going to have a drought spring. So you can get all that early planted corn, plants. So, oh, yay, here we go. And it's not going to have any rain to allow for the establishment of the crop. And we're going to get into mid late April. And we're going to have all kinds of problems that those early planted acres are not going to deliver. And then you're going to have another pan of trade on our hands like we had last year. We're exactly the opposite. opposite way, huh? So that's what we're seeing this coming season. Is you know, the, the human mind, we, we, we remember what just happened and we project that out into the future. So everyone's worried about another wet spring. I'm here to tell you that our research says, no, it's going to be a hot, dry, early planting, but all kinds of problems developing for a different set of reasons. So we would think, based upon this forecast, we're going to get a big bear's trade in grains in early spring that one would have a great opportunity to buy ahead of another V bottom like we had last year. So that that's kind of what our long-term thinking is on where we're heading once we get through you know, South American weather and whatever has to take place with all of that. Yeah. So. Okay, so I read an article this morning, which, by the way, what you just rambled off there was not what I wanted you to say. I was hoping you'd say it's going to be gumdrops and candy canes and everything is going to work like it was supposed to. But <laughs> If you like me to, I mean, I could, I could, I could rewind it. <laughs> You can you can make me feel good, right? So it's all gonna work out. All gonna be fine, right? Um, okay. So a couple things now. So China has thrown up a lot of red flags now that their that their African swine fever issue with with the pork herd has not uh, 
has not subsided. They just lifted the the ban on Canadian pork and, and beef, so that shows that they're they're kind of wherever they can find it, they're going to go get it and 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 make things happen the way it's supposed to. Yet the hog price has not reacted to any of that news. So talk about that a little bit. And I mean, I know we got to see some exports here first before things really start changing on our side. But they still have been buying from us at, on at record amounts. So talk about the hog market and what's it's just this late stagnant move up or down in that in that market um i i think the best way to answer the <coughs> uh, look at brazil uh, up to this point uh the chinese have been primarily sourcing their pork and beef and chicken demands from brazil because brazil's had the supply and they've been willing sellers so we had record exports day week month after month in Brazil, just over the top, never seen anything like it, and the prices there did not move until 30 days ago. And now we have parabolic prices in cattle, parabolic prices in hogs, parabolic prices in chicken, meaning we finally got to the point where the willing seller either is not willing anymore or he doesn't have it anymore and or both. And so that's what happens is that we have a ton of pork we're producing. We have very willing sellers that want to move this product because they got a lot of it. But we're gonna, at some point, not in the distant future, too distant future, we're gonna reach that point where that marginal willing seller is going to be removed and it's gonna be a parabola just like Brazil. Anyone looks at charts in Brazil, it was a flat line and it was a moonshot. And that's what we're expecting to see. So to say exactly when is that moment of truth, it certainly isn't six months. And I don't think it's three months. I think it's within the next couple of months we hit that moonshot upward when the when that active willing seller says I'm no longer willing uh, and, and I'm and I'm walking away and I and so so it's frustrating um, it, it, but but at the same time it's just the nature of a market that wants to move product a certain amount of product um, and then it, and then it and then it just it just overnight it ends yeah. and and I think that that if you look down Brazil they're giving you the roadmap to what we're going to see here I and mean, we've already seen the cattle market going straight up That's, we're already seeing. I mean, cows are going up day after day, week after week. For it, we're already actually seeing kind of a parabolic rise in cattle, but but pork is going to be next, and it's just we're we're really close, Casey. We're very yep. very close to that. Speaking of Brazil, then some of those key growing areas in in western Brazil and in uh, Argentina as well, uh, they've had some cooler weather. They've been wrecking havoc on on the whole thing. A lot of the same is situation that we're seeing in in the New Zealand type of weather pattern. So, I mean. Again, but you would still think that the market would have some reaction to that, but you're not seeing that either. So talk about that a little bit and, and what you see happening there. If we learn anything from the spring, we've learned how long it takes for the market to react no kidding. to clear and present danger. I mean, right. they should have reacted to the wet weather in, in our spring a month before they did. And then when, once they did, it was a, was a, was a straight-up shot. Right. Um, Weather's, it, it, never, it, it didn't used to be that way, Casey, but I think because computers are so much involved now in our trading that, you know, they, ju they, don't, they don't conceptualize weather the way we do. Uh, they have all this information and they run it through the algorithm and it, it just, it says bye whenever it says bye and it says bye later than we say bye, you know? Right, yeah. But it will, there will be a reaction, um, but, but, you know, but we, it's going to take a little longer. I mean, I would say, just looking at what, how long it took for them to react to our spring. I mean, I would be thinking so probably December is the month that's going to be uh, that the market would react to weather in Brazil 
at least for the first crop. You know, I think I would think that that's going to be the time that the algorithms finally say this algorithm equals buy because of the Brazil weather. You know, and, and I just I just feel that's probably what's going to be the case. Um, so we, what we have here is probably kind of one more shot down on a disappointing USDA report giving you the final buy-in. You didn't get to the weather problem that runs the market higher into the winter. That's 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 kind of the way I, we we see it right now. Right so. On. Well, the good stuff as usual, Sean. If uh, <clears throat> folks want to reach out to you and check out what you have going on, what's the best place to do that? Our website's at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. You know, lots of good things on there with videos and podcasts, and they can get a very good idea of what we do and how we do it and, and to see if, you know, what we do would help your listeners. So. Right on. And if you guys got a minute, make sure you check out last week's uh Market to market with Delaney Howe there. Sean was the uh, the commodity guest, so and that's good stuff there, and, and a lot of good information there as well. So, Sean, enjoy the uh, enjoy your cool weather, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a super day. All right, you too. Moving higher in the twenty first century.